This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, part of the reason I was so late getting here was I, I ate and I told Anna, I was like, uh, I've got time for one episode of Ted Lasso. Yeah. So we hmm. we had to finish the episode of Ted Lasso because I'm doing a podcast <clears throat> on Ted Lasso tomorrow. Wow, <clears throat> good for you. So if it comes up, uh, the Philadelphia head coach of the as of the Philadelphia Union said that Ted Lasso set uh, uh, set back um, uh, American coaches in Europe by 20 years. Yeah. He he's a complete clown. Just letting you know, as a fan of MLS so- and soccer. It's a complete no. It, yeah. It's a dumb comment. That's like saying the Simpsons set back fat guys working at nuclear power plants for <laughs> years. Mm-hmm. Or that to go along the same vein that that uh, th- that Family Guy s- s- set back parenting by twenty years. I mean, yeah. also maybe it's the same statement. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, do you feel bonita? <laughs> Always. Okay, I'm lost on that one. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Uh, hey, everybody. Oh. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I am Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to take a look at what Devin's serving. Uh, Devin, what's <laughs> on the menu today? <laughs> menu. It's ah, menu. okay. That, that, that works out. Um, yeah, but before we get into that, uh, how are you guys feeling? Devin, you sound a little little hoarse. Yeah, I've actually spent the whole, like, the last week barely being able to talk. This is actually the best it's ever been. So I want everyone just to appreciate that. And know that my favorite thing to do with this is just go, oh, hey, big spider. Because it just sounds so much better like this. Yeah, you, you sound like Harvey Fierstein. So I'm tempted to... <laughs> In the words of Robin Williams, can you make me a woman? <laughs> oh, honey, I'm so happy. Like... <laughs> Alan not sick sounds closer to... Devin being sick for yeah. that voice. David, I'm not mad about it. David, why did I send my mother to Atlanta? <laughs> we'll see Alan practice call my lawyer. Voice. Screw my lawyer. Screw my... <laughs> Forget my lawyer. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you're feeling up to doing the podcast today because it's oh, yeah. your pick and it would have messed things up if you weren't. So, it's a bit weird. Thanks for sucking it up. Brian, how are you doing? Uh, Okay. A little oh, tired, no. but okay. You know, I'm, we, again, we're short at work. I'm pulling longer weeks again, uh, which is fine because we got people coming through the pipeline. So hopefully I'm back to my normal shift soon. So great. Yeah. I, yeah. I it, It's weird because it's spring break at my work. So no students are there. But <laughs> just, uh, there were some just is, issues today. Just <laughs> water, water flooding the basement. I felt oh. like I was on the Titanic. <laughs> uh, like we'll Ryan, just... you, 
you, I, I, I won't go into too much detail, but you know the when people there's like water leaking out of the bottom of a door, and then you open the door, and there's like inches of water behind it, and you have to force yeah. it back shut. That happened to me today. <laughs> uh, it could have been a lot worse than it was, but everything's good now. So that's good. I want to I want to commemorate your resolve for not just blaring nearer my god to thee and saluting whoever walked past like this you know what's 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 funny is i put that stack of cds i showed you guys last week on my on my itunes account last night i missed that one so i didn't have it to do that (laughs) because the perfect time to do it would have been when that guy came running around the corner Mm -hmm. yeah down the hallway um yeah, let's get into we, we got a lot to talk about before we get into the menu today. Um first we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit different and talk about some movie news. Uh there's a trailer that came out that we kinda wanna talk about. And it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem Yeah we uh, do trailer. Uh Ryan, you're the resident TMNT expert. What are your thoughts on the Ninja Turtles trailer? Just proof that I am. Well done. Okay. Well done. Um, I actually really um i I actually really like it i have not liked a lot of the modern film adaptations for them um just because i'm not a michael bay fan um but other than that i um i definitely like the animated approach um i love the names who are behind it one of my favorite um martial arts actors jackie chan is the voice of splinter Mm. which to me is just perfect um i like the feel that it's it reminds me a lot of uh, the Spider-Man multiverse animated mm-hmm. movie, sure. um, yeah. and so I'm re- I'm honestly really looking forward to it. Um, I showed Kristen the trailer. Um, she knows my affinity f- for the Ninja Turtles, but she definitely said that I can go alone to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, sure. I, I will go with you to watch this one. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I I really like. Like, I didn't bother rewatching it for the uh for the show here because this is a last minute ad but i yeah. really did like the approach with the spider-man style of animation like it looks like it, they took inspiration from that which i think is great because i like yeah. that i like that more than the pixar style right now because it's different it's just it's out there it's mm-hmm. different even even dreamworks has changed it up their style a bit with like the new puss in boots movie oh have they yeah um I'm excited for the cast. Like Jackie Chan's cool. Uh, the yeah. fact that it took f- almost 40 years for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to be played by teenagers is hysterical to me. Um, but then Seth Rogen and John Cena as Bebop and Rocksteady, like oh, perfect, good yeah. casting, perfect. Um, yeah, that's the one thing that Kristen had like a little bit of a thing because first off, animation for her can be a little is like really touch and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but she like after I showed her the trailer, I looked at her face and I knew that it wasn't going to be good. Uh, and the first thing she said was, um, "They're teenagers, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Then why does one of them sound like a ten-year-old?" And I'm like, "I can't, I, I, I can't listen, argue anything for that." But listen, they I usually like sound like they're this nebulous age that dudes get between twenty and about forty-five, where they yeah. could be any age in there. They don't yeah. look young. They don't look old. They just look fully formed. Yeah. These actually kind of look like teenagers, if not a little younger, which it's fine. Yeah. They're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Let's do it. Yeah, and I love the fact that they're playing Fruit Ninja, like at the beginning oh, of the yeah, trailer. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, yeah, this comes out in August, so we got a little bit of a wait for it, but I'm excited to see this trailer in front of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, definitely not Shazam next week when I don't go see that. Um, <laughs> oh, are you going to go d- see Shazam next no, week? No, no. Oh, good. I have no desire. Did you um, see the trailer for it? No, I didn't even see the last trailer for it. Like, it does it look good? I saw the trailer before. What did I watch? Ant Man. It was poor Ant Man, and I'm like, I, I like the first one. I'll skip this. Yeah, uh, Devin, you had some movie news you wanted to talk about. I did, and all right. So I just have to tell you guys, I got more excited than a 33 year old man ever should be about something he found on Spotify. So <laughs> I was doing, I was walking my dog this evening, going through my nightly Spotify crawl of what can I listen to to get me pumped to walk my dog tonight and I landed on the Goofy movie soundtrack like you do and for the longest time Goofy movie soundtrack was this weird anomaly where all of the Goofy movie songs would be on there with the exception of the Powerline songs who were sung by uh, Evan Campbell and I just thought that those were like issues with the copyrights to those songs Evan Campbell might be like holding on to those and not allowing Disney. I don't know the history behind it, but for whatever reason, those weren't on. Guys, tonight the full Goofy movie soundtrack is on Spotify. They resolved whatever it is. I got to listen to Powerline, and I was not okay. I was dancing along, walking my dog, mouthing along to the words like an absolute psycho across the street. I had the best time because these songs are now on Spotify. Do you guys care at all? And it's okay if the answer's no. Ryan? <laughs> okay, so I I like the original Goofy movie. Unfortunately, it came out a bit too late for me uh, sure. as a kid to be, like, really obsessed with it because I was a little bit older. I mean, like, I liked the humor in it, but, like, it wasn't – I was just too old to become obsessed with it. So – I will I will put my flag down. I did this earlier, and Ramona fought me on it. It is the best Disney movie. It just is. For you? No. Objectively, Ryan. For everyone. I mean... Oh, my God. You just turned into someone that I'm going to talk about later in the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, I, I have so many questions, Devin. One, did you yeah. finish Atlanta yet? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Uh, to answer your question, am I excited this is on Spotify now? No, I am not. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because it's been on Apple Music for months. Oh, has it really? Yeah. So oh. when my nie- when I took my niece to see uh, League of Super Pets mm-hmm. last summer, I put on a Disney playlist. And I remember specifically that uh, Eye to Eye came on. And she's like, Uncle Alan, what is this? Please turn it off. <laughs> She did not care about Powerline at all, but I remember oh. specifically that that I was like, no, we're listening. I turned it up more, and I was like, it's too like, bad. Wait for the key chains. Wait yeah. for it. He does and then the I got, perfect cast. And then I got a flat tire. So <laughs> we're not saying correlation equals causation, but you no, know. Uh, no, that, I, I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm thank you. I'm the soundtrack king, so I probably I, that's one I don't have on CD. Like, of the piles I have around my desk right now, that's not one that I have. But it's on my list. Oh, good. Um, Good, good, good. But, yeah. I haven't seen a Goofy movie in years, though. So, Devin, you might have to make that a pick here soon. I think I'm going to do it. Um, Yeah. Personally, I like the second one better. Get out. 
You're out of the podcast, Con. Uh, <laughs> I'm still here. I like the third one, a Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Every week we like to talk about things that we've watched in pop culture over the last week to get the guys excited for things that we're watching outside of the show. So we're going to kick that off today with Ryan. Or no, with me. Sorry. Uh, I watched the Creed movies, guys. Uh, I watched Creed 1 and 2 in preparation okay. to go to go see 3. I don't know if I am going to go see 3, but my wife was like, I'd go see that. I was like, okay, but I need to watch the first two first. Um, I really like these movies. Uh, I th- think I like one more than two because one, the first one is just, Hey, I'm, I'm Apollo Creed's son. Hey, Rocky train me. And it's really good. Um, and then the second one is Apollo Creed's son versus, uh, Drogo's son. Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that's, that's cool. a, that's a great premise. And it, it's, it's fine. It's not as much of the, like, I would love to see more Rocky and Drogo in it. Like just their dynamic and the whole thing is interesting. It, it's fine, but it kind like watching these kind of got me less excited for three because I know that Rocky's not even mentioned in three because of a whole thing with Stallone and the producer. Like they don't even mention Rocky as a, like a character. And it kind of oh, takes yeah. away, takes away from the first two for me going into it like okay like this is like i get it but at the same time that kind of sucks because that's such a strong part of the first two so do the movies do anything that the rocky movies basically didn't already cover because the rocky movies like ended up including robots and he wins in the end of some and he loses in the end of some like what what frontier is there left it what's nice about it is it pretty much follows the formula of a rocky movie Mm -hmm. but it updates it. So um, you get to see Rocky in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at one point he's like, I'll text you. He's like, text, what's the text? Uh, oh, God, like, but it's like one moment of that. But it, it, I think Rocky is such an interesting character to check in with every few years. Um, and just, just the fact that you can have this canon throughout like f- almost 40 years now, like, it, it's it. I like that. I guess it is over yeah. forty now, but wow. yeah, I just really like. I like the Rocky character. I'm not huge on the bo- boxing, but I like the world that they live in, and it it makes sense. Um, and it's it got a great a lot, it's got a great soundtrack too. So it sounded a lot like why I liked that movie was it Warriors that we watched. Yeah. It remind it reminds me a lot of Warrior. Okay, because I I didn't really care about. I mean, the boxing was fine because the boxing is like plot pivotal. Yeah, but like it wasn't like I, I wasn't in it for the boxing. I was in it for the characters in the world. Yeah, the the weird th- the one of the weird things is in the first one, Rocky has cancer. Oh, and in the second one, they don't talk about it at all except for. I don't know why Rocky's being this way. I was wh- I helped him beat his cancer, and I'm like, wait, oh. <laughs> what? I guess is in remission now. Um, but there there are some fun tie back uh, tie ins to other Rocky movies. Um, okay. other characters show up that aren't Rocky or Cal Drogo. Hmm. Wait, wait, is that? Yeah, whatever. Um, I, we, we get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed these. I'm excited for three. I've only heard good things about it and it was number one at the box office this week too. So, oh wow. 
Yeah, Jonathan Majors, who plays the rival in Creed Three, had the number one and number two movie between this and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Good for him. Yeah. So, that's 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 my first pick. Uh, Ryan, what did you watch? So I watched Smile, which is a, which is a horror suspense film that came out last year. Um, a movie that I had absolutely no interest in uh, to begin with because of the advertising. Um, and eventually Kristen saw it. She said, look, I know you really don't want to see this movie, but I really think you're going to enjoy it. The first 30 minutes dragged its feet like you wouldn't believe for me. Um, but then it picked up and I <laughs> I really like this movie. <laughs> um, it, it It seems really corny and stupid on the surface, but um it's good i uh, mean the villain in it like the i guess for a horror movie like the villain the big bad um there's reasons behind what it does and it's just yeah it's good it's it it's added to the list at some point so pretend yeah, sorry, i have no Alan, idea what no. this is sorry Alan, <laughs> no. see the problem was the advertising did exactly what alan just did yeah. They went to like public events and the actors would just sit in the view of the camera and do that. And two of the actors went to a Cardinals, uh, 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 went to a Cardinals Dodgers game and sat behind home plate. And, and during points of the, the, the game, they would just stand up in their seat and just smile towards the outfield camera where they were showing the, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the at bats and the woman was wearing a bright yellow shirt that said smile on it and she was just smiling at the camera at that point i was like you know if this is what they're gonna do for advertising i don't care about this like don't 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 do this so oh yeah i just saw pictures i mean i I, i'm okay with the viral marketing like that because it it's kind of hard to do viral marketing the way they used to do it where you put a movie on a vhs tape and just have people share it with each other like Mm. like blair witch project i think that that's like the smart way to do it now. Like is to use social media and just like not paid content, but like just get out there and have other people post about it. The problem is that they're sitting in seats and standing up in front of other, uh, um, and standing up in front of people when everyone else is sitting down in thousand plus dollar seats. And in those pictures, you'll see the fans looking really annoyed, trying to look around them to see what's going on. If you're going to yeah. do something like this, stand in the aisle at the, at and the line same, it up with the team beforehand. At the same time, though, the, the Cardinals don't care because they got paid to, for them to be able to do that. So, no, the fans. I'm talking the fa- about no, the, the fa- fans. The fa- fans. Behind them. Yeah, it, 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 the, that that is that is that is a bad situation. But like, I'm not, like, even if they were just like standing in the aisle, like I, I'm okay with that. But I, yeah, like, don't don't block other people's view. Like, that's yeah. That's I mean, dumb. you can stand in the aisle. That's fine. It's just. Yeah. So when I first heard about that movie, so like that's how I first heard about this movie, and that's why I instantly was like, I don't care about this, <laughs> but it's really good. Wow! Because okay. as soon as I got past the first thirty minutes, as soon as I got... what? Can you give me like a two-liner? Like, what is this movie about? I have no idea. I'm not like playing dumb either. Like, I've never heard of this movie uh, or known about the viral marketing. <laughs> God, it's I... supernatural. Okay, fair. It's supernatural. Well, well that was yeah. fun. Who's for Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Cal Penn's in it, and I miss Cal Penn. I haven't seen him in anything in a while. Yeah, A Train's in it. 
Unless that's what you're talking about. No. Uh, uh, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about Harold Andor Kumar. I forget. Oh, which yeah, 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 yeah. He's the main character's boss. Oh, oh, that's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I So I've been working on finishing all the Best Picture nominees for the Oscars this Sunday. Uh, I finally got to, to, got the chance to watch The Fablemans. Uh, guys, going into this episode, what did you think my Best Picture nominee, my, my winner for Best Picture was going to be? Like, given w- that we've t- talked, yeah. Okay. Ryan? Can't think, I can't think of the list right now. Okay. <laughs> that was up there. I... This is this is giving it a run for its money. Like I don't no. I haven't filled out my ballot yet, but I absolutely love this movie. Um it's nice seeing Spielberg do Spielberg esque stuff again. Like it's not it's not like the action adventure Spielberg that we know from like Indiana Jones and Hulk and all that. But it's like character driven. It has a little bit of the action stuff in it because he recreates like his childhood movies that he made as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um but it's got so much like heart and I love the characters in this and the story's great. And the, there's some performances in here that are fantastic. Like Judd Hirsch is in this for like five minutes and steals the movie. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a big Judd Hirsch fan. Uh, don't you yell my David it wasn't for him. You, you'd all be dead. What is it? Roswell, Roswell, New Mexico. You knew then you said nothing. Um, I'm just doing all the Independence Day. Uh, by the end of this, if I don't do the president's speech from Independence Day, like we'll get you there. Don't yeah. worry, I'll tee you um, up for it. But I really enjoyed this. I completely forgot Seth, Seth Rogen was in it. Um. Uh. But yeah, I I really don't know what I'm gonna put pick for best picture at this point. Um, I'm halfway through Women Talking. Uh, the the things that worked. Like, I, I I need to sit down and finish it tonight, but um, I don't think that's going to be my pick. And I need to watch Ooh. Triangle of Sadness and Tar yet, and then I'll I have three two and a half movies to go yet, guys. Um, but I don't think we're doing an Oscar watch party this year, are we? I don't, I don't know, but your remaining picks sound like a slog, like. Those are like even like the Fablemans was pretty low on my list for like movies that interest me this year. I'm like I'm genuinely shocked to hear that it was so good and that you liked it so much because this very much felt like a we're Hollywood we love ourselves kind of pick. You know, well, I mean, he made a movie about himself. Right. <laughs> you know, it it is a bit, but it's not as much of it as Babylon. Like Babylon. Is that more really leaned into it to the point where it was a five minute montage of, Hey, look, other movies. Whereas this, <laughs> this is talking about what drives him as a storyteller. It's a, it's a much more personal approach to it than, Hey, look, Hollywood movies. Get it. Huh? Give me the Oscars. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a personal story. Um, and that's not something we usually, you get from Spielberg. Cause usually it's like, uh, sharks or like Indiana Jones running from rocks. Like it's, it's not that it's also not like whatever he's been doing the last few years. Cause I was like, I've said it before on the show. I haven't been a big fan of his last few films. Like I don't understand why he remade West side story. And I don't oh, know yeah. why he was the one who directed ready player one. 
he's made some weird choices, but this felt like a return to form for him, and I, I'm all for it. I heard him on a podcast, and this is the only thing that really one made me really interested in the movie, is that in the middle of COVID, when everybody was like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, uh, he was asked the question, if you can make one movie, like even if it was just one more, what would it be? And he's like, this one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have to make it now. I have no time. Like, I potentially have no time left to make this movie. I need to make this movie. Yeah. And like that feels important and that feels like something worth watching. Yeah. And there there was a world where this was going to be the last John Williams score, but it sounds like he's doing uh Dial of Destiny in June, so Oh, that's cool. Okay. But this could be the last Spielberg Williams collaboration. So Okay. Um John Williams for people listening at home who don't know who we're talking about. Um but yeah, Wait, do, do we want to hit him with the Hans Zimmer fact that I learned this week? We can. I'm not over it. I'm still not over it. By we, the way, we, we we can talk about this. So I, well, you you were in the lead, but I messaged Devin and Ryan. I was like, okay, guys, I'm listening to a new album for the first time in years. Who is the artist? Um, because I don't usually listen to new music. Like usually, I don't like. I'll just find, like I I buy CDs and put them on my phone. Uh, but I was streaming a new album, and I told Devin it was the keyboard player from the band who did Radio Killed the Video Killed the Radio Star, which is Hans Zimmer, who <laughs> blew my mind. The composer for The Dark Knight, um, The Lion King, In- uh, Inception, Interstellar, all all a bunch of Chris Nolan stuff, Dune. Uh, he started off playing keyboards and synthesizer for the band that sings video killed the radio star. Amazing. Ryan, do you know the fun bit of trivia about that music video? Just, just tell me it's the, it was the first video played on MTV. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. super yeah, ironic. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, I think they did, did that on purpose. So yeah. they did do that on purpose. I remember. Yeah, that was back when I remember seeing cool. an interview about. I remember. I remember seeing a doc on MTV, and they mentioned that 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 yeah. was purposely done. Yeah, Hans Zimmer, the, the composer for Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> I want you to know. After that conversation, I went to Amazon and priced guitars. I was like, oh, did I you? learned. I did. They're mostly for kids. Oh well. And that stopped you? No, that's fair. It did, which is a problem. It's my fault. Yeah. All right. Devin, you didn't watch anything this week, right? No. No. I'll have adventures next week. You've just been sick and I have yeah. All right. Watching a a weird amount of Attack on Titan, but we won't talk about that on the podcast. That's fine. Yeah. I'd rather rather not. Um, Well, the one thing you did watch this week is your pick for the week, which is last year's film The Menu starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, and Rafe Fiennes. Take it away. So I watched this movie just at the beginning of this year and did not know what to expect. The trailer for it, if, if you guys have, ne- have never actually watched a trailer, just makes it seem like a straight-up thriller. And we're going to have to talk about this a little bit later. But for anyone who doesn't know what this movie is, the, the tagline for it is a young couple travels to a remote island to eat an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. It is a thriller 
horror comedy that, and I definitely missed the comedy bit before I watched it <laughs> and was very weirded out by it. Uh, the writers for this are Seth Reese and Will Tracy, both previous writers for The Onion, which totally makes sense. And <laughs> as one last background for the movie, it came up, it came about when Will Tracy was literally brought on a boat to a restaurant, sat down at the restaurant on its own island. The boat pulls away and he goes, oh, we're stuck here now. Uh-oh. And that's where the whole plot for the movie came from, basically. So it gives you a sense of what it is. So before we dig into the nitty gritty, before we dig into, you know, what all of that is, I want to know just just thoughts, feelings, emotions. Ryan, I know you've seen this before making you watch this, the podcast. Ryan, how did it taste? <laughs> this, this, this is going to be a long hour. Um, <laughs> it, I really enjoyed it. And it. In fact, I was laughing through it the first time I watched it. Kristen and I saw the trailer on one of our like hour-long trailer fests that we do some nights that we can't watch anything like in depth, so we just go through and watch a bunch of trailers. Mm-hmm. And this one caught our eye, and we watched it. And again, Devin, like you, I I didn't know what to expect from it even after seeing the trailer, and it surprised me. I I enjoy it like I it's this is definitely a movie that I could watch you know uh, maybe twice maybe three times a year okay and Alan you had you purposely didn't watch it in preparation for the podcast correct uh Ryan had brought it up in a we watched this a few weeks ago and I was like I kept seeing it on my HBO screen whenever I logged Mm. in and I'm like they're going to make me watch it for the podcast. So I'm just going to let it go until they make me <laughs> watch it. Um, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. Oh boy. So I'm going to say it here. This movie is the kind of movie I want to make. Like it's got, a, <laughs> yes. it's got a great balance of humor and dark humor and drama and suspense. Like, I really like this movie. Uh, there's a lot of good things I liked about it. Um, I have a story to tell you off mic about this movie and just the timing of everything, but I'm not going to go into that on the show. Oh, wow. uh, so remind me when we get off mic to tell you that. Um, but I know I, I uh, watched this with my wife. I was a little nervous at first. because I didn't exactly know what the movie was. So I had to message you guys like, Hey, we're going to sit down and eat and watch this. Are we good? Like, I didn't know how like gory it was going to be. Because I didn't know if it was just like, oh, yeah, oh, he cuts them up and make, and serves them to themselves. I didn't know if it was that kind of thing or not. So uh, luckily you guys were like, no, you're, you'll be fine. And we were. Oh, good. Um, okay. I, I need to know if I was right. Yeah. But no, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm excited to deep dive into it. Oh, perfect. Okay. So we'll start with the first course, uh, what I'll call the appetizer. And oh, that's... Oh, oh, I, put a pin in this for a second. Do you actually yeah. have a menu like written out in front of you, like for I the wish show? I did. Okay. No, I, I absolutely wish I did. Okay. Uh, Just keep we'll keep the with... motif going. So I will. I, I nail it. We'll start with hey, the each time you got to oh, clap good. beforehand. <laughs> That's just going to be – did this movie surprise you in the same way that it did me? So I, I won't go into into any, like, real spoilers at this bit in the movie yet. 
or in the in the podcast, but the movie surprised me both in its tone, because like I said, I was expecting more of, of what Alan said. I was expecting more of a movie where they kind of kill them and they eat them. It's more of like a, a weird kind of offbeat thriller movie and wasn't expecting to like belly laugh at a few scenes in this and wasn't expecting things to happen that were gross but hilarious at the same time. And like the tone of it took me like just about half the movie to catch on to. Did you guys have that? No, I, I kind of picked up on it right away. Okay. Like when, when they're on the boat and everyone's like different kinds of personalities. Like, okay. So each one has like their own archetype. It kind of reminded me of Clue a little bit. Just how everyone like oh, had their own char- character uh, dynamic. Um, so I was like, okay, I kind of, I can see where this is going now. So. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was when the food critic and her handler uh walked out onto the pier to to be picked up by the boat as soon as i saw their character and like the way that they were presenting themselves i was like oh this is this is gonna be poking fun at people like that this is gonna be great um (laughs) and that's when like the humor for myself started and i was very happy to see that the humor was intentional (laughs) later on (laughs) there are some good freaking scenes of humor in this and we're going to have to talk about them a little bit more later uh, when we get into a different course. But since we're still on the appetizer, <laughs> talking about the tone, I've seen online that this people call this movie a satire. And the first time I watched it, I didn't catch that, but I did on my second viewing. And probably because I saw people that were like, I saw the internet that was like, yeah, it's a satire. And then I watched it through that lens and it made more sense. Would you guys agree with that assessment of it or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it takes these archetypes of characters that you like. If you give me give me ten minutes, I can come up with a list of names of people who fit these, like real people who fit these dynamics, <laughs> and it it elevates those level it ele- ele- elevates those characters to an extreme. Like if you look at the the chef in this, like you look at him as like a Gordon Ramsay, like he's Gordon Ramsay but turned up to eleven, like it's yeah. and psychotic. Um, same thing to go with like the movie star. Like, uh, they don't call him John Leguizamo, but like, it's John Leguizamo. And the movie that the the chef watched was Super Mario Brothers the movie, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely got the satire angle of it. Yeah, why did you I get that too? Yeah, I mean, it was just. It was just how played up the characters were. You had John Wick Bazamo's character over um is over the top. You had the business guys or the power eaters that Tyler says, you know, yeah. my my favorite lovable zombie turned into a complete jerk. Um uh he calls them power eaters like the way those guys were talking. And then like and and again, and I'm going to focus on these two people because those were the ones that kind of like I kind of followed them through the movie besides the main characters which is mm-hmm. the food critic and her handler i kind yeah. of use them as kind of like like oh as kind of like my like i i guess like an anchor throughout the film because mm-hmm. of how much enjoyment and humor i got out of watching them be complete morons <laughs> make up literally make up words yeah like just like make up words and do their own stupid thing like that that made me happy to see that that was actually done in like a major motion picture like that thing. So, yeah. so 
we're, we're dipping into the first course just a little bit, but before we get that, I have been a moose-bouche for each of you. Oh, my God. Uh, it, I'm not stopping at all. Uh, would you have eaten any of the food presented in this movie is my amuse-bouche question before we move on to our main course. Any of the food from the menu, like the menu that he had prepared? Or yes. any of the any of the food in the movie because there are two different there are two different. That is two very. Foods. I would say food prepared in the menu because I think I know the answer to the food in the movie because everyone would eat the last thing. Um, I would I would eat the bread without the bread. <laughs> like I would def- like I would definitely just sit there and eat the sauces. Like, um, no, I feel like the um, the island th- appetizer looked good. Um, I would not eat the, the lamb chop that what's his face makes. <laughs> um, no, there was stuff in here that I would eat. Yeah. There's stuff in here. I wouldn't, wouldn't eat too. So <laughs> Brian, it, honestly, the lamb chop is the only one on there that I actually, or the, um, uh, the one under pressure is no. Okay. So that that's different. Sorry. Yeah. No, the lamb chop. No. Um, but the, the, the under pressure one with the bone marrow, Oh like yeah. Steak and stuff cooked under pressure like that one. I can't remember what it was called or whatever, mm-hmm. but, um, that one. But other than that, like, even if I were to like be a millionaire or like, you know, have, you know bezos type money i wouldn't be going to a place like that to eat anyway because i can't stand that type of food portioning <laughs> it, it, it it was perfectly designed to completely fill up every guest i mean yeah, stop it it's fine dining so when you get into fine dining that's the kind of thing that you get i haven't the closest i've gotten to fine dining is when i was in new york for comic-con we ordered dry aged steaks oh and i had never had one before and it was good like it's not something i'll do all the time but it was still like a big piece of meat yeah um but like fine dining is his own thing like it's not my thing like i'd much rather just make like a family's meal and sit around the table and eat it but Mm -hmm. instead of like uh like spreading out ketchup and putting a chicken nugget on it and like calling it a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I did something like that. Uh, similar me and some, uh, in scouts. I was in, I was in venture crew, which is like an older version for people who are a little bit older for like that. Bleh. Venture crew, boy scout organization. Yeah. Older people like older Perfect. teens, young twenties. We all put in like $200 and we went to like a five star restaurant and they did like the behavior course or, you know, like what, you know, it's like what etiquette. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word and I couldn't get it. Um, I gotcha. We did, we did, we did one of those dinners. Everything was good. I loved all the food. Like it was Mm -hmm. all good. I have no complaints about anything. I still stopped at Burger King afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> I, okay I, I i'll have to tell the story now so uh, the most mad i think i've ever been in my life is we went to this very fancy restaurant in new york city i we made this deal with my parents where if they bought us tickets to a broadway show i would pay for everyone's dinner afterwards i was young i was dumb i don't know why i did it. but we went to this place called joe allen in new york city where my mom swears she saw 
Lindsay Lohan walk into the back of the room. But anyway, my sister's boyfriend at the time bought this gigantic, very fancy, very pricey steak, ate three bites of it, left and went to McDonald's. I have never been more mad at anyone in my life. Ah, that's my fine dining experience. And, uh, and he's in the chat right now. Devin, say hi. No. Hey, get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no love lost there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but, okay, so thank you for the amuse-bouche. Our, main or our first course for everybody tonight is I did want to talk about the characters a little bit more in depth. So you're right. Each and every one of these people that show up to the dinner are a stereotype. So you have the movie star or the TV star. You have the finance bros. You have the food critics. You have the overly wealthy couple that doesn't quite know what to spend their money on anymore. You have the fanboy fanatic. And I think there's one more that I might be forgetting. The um, agent. You have the agent who got his along with a movie his star. His mother. Yeah. His, his mother. mother. You have his mother there. And then you also have kind of the point of view character there as well. But we'll, we'll have to talk about her later. Which one of these did you guys like the most, not like the most? Because I've both loved and hated every one of these characters and have visceral reactions to all of them. <laughs> I think my favorite character, and this might be a hot take, is the chef. No, I like that take. I, I, was, like I that. was rooting for him the whole time. Uh, I don't know why, but I was. Yeah, so what, what made you root for him? Because like, it kind of sets him up as like the villain. Um, I mean, yeah, it does, but I think just the fact that he was like, I don't agree with the way he goes about it, but the fact that he was like taking a stand about like from being upset about what his life had become. Yeah. And like, like, no, I'm not happy with this. You shouldn't be either. This is the, this is the problem and we're going to, I'm calling it out. Like, I like that. Uh, the, the murdering people, me, not so much. Um, but he was sympathetic. Like I, the, when he reached out to, uh, what was it? Margo. Yeah. When he reached out to Margo, like whose side are you on? Like, do you want to be with us or are you with them? Like, I was like, okay. So like it is a us versus them. And I've been in the, I've been in like retail and service industries for, I, I spent some time there. So I was like, I get it. Like I get that side of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, him and John Guzamo. So, okay, so John Wake Guzamo is my favorite actor that's in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think you can just say John Wake Guzamo is your favorite actor. But even though he is my favorite actor in this movie, he's not my favorite character. Um, my favorite character that I absolutely hate and love at the same time is Tyler. The yeah, the fanboy. The, the fan um, because he frustrates me to no end. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, I love the fact that they're showing how egotistical that stereotype is. But then at the same time, showing how ridiculous they make themselves look. Mm -hmm. Um, But to get to what Alan was saying, I definitely see this as like... Is it like uh, Bugs Life is how you show children what what you know like class warfare is? This movie is 
this movie is how you show a teenager what class warfare is. <laughs> and and you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't hate that. Also, would it surprise either of you to know that John Leguizamo uh, modeled his character after Steven Seagal, who he called a horrible human due to a particularly bad experience while working with him on executive decision? Oh, I've heard horrible things about that guy. <laughs> Isn't he also like, he's like a sheriff. Like he did a lot of other stuff that's not. He Hollywood. did a show where he was a cop. Yeah. So, and I think yeah. he's hiding out in Russia right now. Like with, with, with Putin. Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Okay. So I, I do, before we go any further, I have a question about, yeah. about this. Are we just doing like a run of Nick Holt movies? Like Nicholas Holt movies? <laughs> <laughs> I made that connection. I didn't realize it until I saw the IMDb today that this is also Nick Holt. Yeah. Are you talking about my zombie, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I just want I just want to be sure on the actor's name. As soon as Devin, as soon as you said that we were doing the menu, I was yeah. like, Yes, my zombie comes back. He's coming <laughs> back for redemption. Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is a um this is a multiverse of like his character. So like somewhere at some point down the road, something happened in his childhood that made him like flip into the person he is in this movie. And the whole zombie apocalypse hasn't happened yet. I think we'll find it in his uh, 2018 miniseries Watership Down. <laughs> we'll have to explore. No, I think we'll see it in the 2011 film X-Men First Class. <laughs> <laughs> Better answer. Much yeah. better answer. Um, uh, the So the characters that got me the most in this one were the finance bros. They, I loved and hated them so much, mostly because I've met those exact people that, like, they're not served bread at a restaurant. You know bread's not on the menu at the restaurant. Hey, man, can we get bread? Come on, man. We know this guy. We should get some bread. Or, like, hey, man, like, we know this guy that's actually your financier, so like you should you should really watch what you're doing right now. Hate it, absolutely hate it. Or the people that like, even they like did the toast and like we're the worst. I'm like, you just are the worst. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, I, I, hmm. yeah, yeah. Seeing those kinds of people out in the wild is like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I had, um, when I was working in retail, I had one pull a cell phone camera on me and turn it on and record me telling him that he could not have a TV for, uh, for you know, $200 on clearance when the TV wasn't marked down and $600, but because he accidentally put it down in front of the clearance sign that it was supposed to be on clearance. Ah, uh, just the best. He probably wasn't in finance, but it's the same... It's it's the same energy. It's the same energy. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 the Karen energy. Yeah, it is hundred percent. It is. Yeah. Uh, so for our and our next amuse bouche between courses, uh, were there any lines that made you laugh? And if so, which what were they? <laughs> what college did you go to? <laughs> Brown <laughs> student loans? No, <laughs> you're dying. <laughs> yeah. I like that Again, one. Again, class warfare at its finest. <laughs> oh, 100%. Uh, for me, it was... How much is that going to put me back? Nine ninety five. Does that come with fries? Crinkle cut or or straight cut? I was like, that... Like, just that whole exchange was like, 
Yeah, like that's so good. Just the pacing of it, the the way they bounce back and forth off of each other was perfect. Mm. I think one of my one of my like absolute favorite lines in this one was when uh, the fanboy was cutting like the shallots, and he was like, "Oh look, a new sh- a new way to cut shallots that we haven't known about before yet," or something. Like, <laughs> Oh, so like the level of snark and sass in that comment was it, oh just fantastic. And, and that that's, whole scene, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, that whole scene is one of those things that I really want to deep dive into once we okay. get to that part. And I, I, I feel like I've seen that scene to a lesser extent on like Hell's Kitchen and mm-hmm. Kitchen Nightmares, like any Gordon Ramsay show. I feel like that happens. Like I was just waiting for him to take two pieces of bread and put it on his, on his ears like what are you an idiot sandwich uh because it it was like right there like it could have happened like i could definitely see ramsey in that role so oh yeah so then our next course is going to be the spoiler course so for we've lightly spoilered a little bit but we never really dug into it so if you haven't watched the menu please 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 watch it i think you'll enjoy it especially if you're listening to us talk about it uh but let's dig into the spoiler course guys uh i mean i just want to talk about really any scene in depth that you guys want to talk about. I don't have a particular one in mind because there's so many good things that I didn't want to miss out on anything you guys wanted to talk about. So is there any scene, any like personal kind of like comeuppance in this movie that like really stuck with you guys that you wanted to mention? I I have questions. Okay, let's go. Did we ever find out what was behind the silver door? We didn't, did we? Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I'm drawing a blank and that's bad. Oh no, we did. We did. Like like no, oh, we did. It was his it was his past, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't at the restaurant, it was at his house. It was at his that's house. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um What do you think happens to the fanboy? Because he kind of just disappears, right? Oh, no, they show him later, like maybe five, ten minutes later. They did? Yeah, he yeah, he yeah, hangs he, himself. Yeah, oh, does he, he hangs okay. himself. I missed yeah. that. So, I, yeah. I mean, so, it was a quick shot. You, like, saw it, his yeah. feet. Yeah. It was – it's interesting because you never hear what Chef whispers to him, but he's the only one on the island that knew that he was going there to die. And so he still what? And he's still wet, and he, he even brought someone along with him, which, jerk. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all the chef said there was just, go kill yourself. And, like, he would have done it straight away. Yes, chef. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the two scenes I have to deep dive mm-hmm. into is the one where he's cooking and pretty much getting uh, humiliated. He embodies everything that annoys me about modern fandom about anything yeah anything in general i really want to be on twitter more for like the sports fandom scene to like interact with like other fans and interact with players and 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 the journalists and stuff because like i follow them but i don't interject because of all of the people that are exactly like him like he he doesn't cook he just follows it and he talks like he knows what he's talking about when he doesn't have a hand in actually doing it. Mm. And you've got all these people who follow sports who may have played sports when they were younger and they're the same thing. 
and I can't stand it. I mean, I, I really can't. So, I mean, like, he embodies, like, that. And then, so that whole scene of, like, him, uh, of, you know, like, him, of, like, him getting torn down would be, like, someone on Facebook or Twitter complaining that a baseball player can't, you know, hit a ball down the left field line at whim. And then that baseball player going, no, 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 come here, come here. Here's it. The stadium's full. Lay a bunt down the left field line do it and then he brings up an actual major league pitcher and he has to do it like that scene was great so question for you guys yeah if you were put in that situation like okay here's the whole kitchen make a dish like what's your go-to dish like what would you what would you make you're gonna ask me that (laughs) yes and you can say peanut butter and jelly i won't judge you too much Oh, mine would hands down. Mine would be salmon Wellington. I would just try to pull that out if I could have had a whole thing. I could do salmon Wellington. I could probably moderately pull it off to impress him. Okay. okay. This is this is going to be challenging for me, <laughs> and people are going to be like, "Really? You're 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 dumb." I'm like, "Yes, I know I am." Um, shake and bake chicken with uh, the Parmesan uh, the the parmesan flavoring shake and bake yeah um green beans and like i don't know mashed potatoes on the side or i guess like that that would be challenging for me because my because my problem with cooking is the whole having more than one thing going at once to make sure that everything's ready on time and and everything's a nice temperature to eat there are some things you have to do like three or four different things at the same time mm-hmm. to get it right. That's where cooking loses me completely. I can't tell you how many dinners I have destroyed when I was younger. And when I mean younger, I mean mid to late twenties. <laughs> For me, I would, I make a mean eggplant Parmesan. Oh, there you go. So, and I, I suffer from the same thing too, Ryan. Like when I have too many, too many pans going at once, it, it gets to be a lot. But you do the sauce. I, I make a mean tomato sauce, um, which is actually what I cooked when we sat down to watch this too. Um, tomato, get my sauce started, and then start on my eggplant and fry it, and then have the sauce ready to go so I can stick it in the oven and bake it. And mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I, I haven't had a good eggplant parm in a while and it made me very hungry. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> I, I, I think your wife just commented that, uh, I think I made it for you guys once. You did. You yeah. absolutely did. Yeah. 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 So you, yeah, you nailed it. Oh, well yeah. done. Yep. And then Ryan, what was your other scene you wanted to talk about? The, it's kind of a handful of scenes, mm-hmm. but it's like, a few seconds of each scene it's when the food critic and her boyfriend handler husband whatever he is doesn't matter um are trying to convince every are trying to convince everyone else that everything's theater that's happening to them because I mean, go ahead. they're so because like they're so blind to what's going on because of who they are this is what they expect 
to happen whenever they go anywhere they expect people to pull out all of the stops to impress them mm-hmm. um and then while at the same time they're making stuff up off the top of their head like their conversations between the two of them are just just asinine <laughs> well they're, they're wonderful they're literally making words up yeah is this a word what is that i don't think it's a word what should be a word yeah oh was the chef's handling when they were like oh the, the sauce is a little bit split was the chef's handling of that comment good would you oh, I, I liked it that was that was completely appropriate and that goes hand in hand with um like the lead server yeah. uh, the woman that's like running the room with like she's getting pleasure out of making these yeah. people suffer and that's one of the things that, that that's that's one of those like class warfare things that i keep on jokingly bring up is because they are sick and tired of being treated like dirt when they're trying to you know like create the best thing you know it's like the you know they're trying to put on the best atmosphere they can they're trying to create the best food that they can and they're still treated like dirt by these people so Mm -hmm. all of these servers all of the cooks they're getting enjoyment out of making these people suffer because that's pent up years and years of abuse it was one of my favorite scenes where they were like the the finance pros were like what are these and she's like it's a tortilla (laughs) with proof that you've been embezzling funds on them <laughs> she like emphasizes that it's a tortilla more than what she knows the question is. Yeah, uh, it's like it's that kind of like like I don't know like passive aggressive like compliance that I just absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. So one thing we didn't mention is that in in the movie, in in case because of the whole like the uh, because of the comment about the embezzling funds, every single course is set up to like either make fun of all of the customers or Mm. point things out about them that show them why they're terrible oh yeah and on the meal is with the tortillas every single table gets these tortillas for the taco night experience and there are things printed on um on 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 them that is meant to embarrass them or get them in trouble Mm-hmm. and so and <laughs> i love the scattering on there so like you've got the uh you got the investment bros and it's mm-hmm. about their embezzling and they're mm-hmm. trying to like talk legal about why or how they're not going to get in trouble for them knowing that they're getting you know that the fact that they're embezzling mm-hmm. to tyler our favorite zombie um he has pictures of him taking pictures of the food on the plate when he was told not to do that. So like, that's the level of like the type of stuff that's on the tortillas. Um, But my favorite like stab at everyone was the whole bread course. Oh yeah. And and even like the main character, she was like, he's making fun of you. You're not mad about this. <laughs> and he's like, what? No, this is just, it's, it's part of the story. You just, you're just not listening to what he's doing. And it's like, no, he, he totally called you out on what you are and you're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then for our last amuse bouche of the evening, uh, the cheeseburger discuss. <laughs> okay. 
the next day, I look at my wife and I was like, I want a cheeseburger. Do you want, you want me to go get stuff to make cheeseburgers? She's like, yeah, sure. I did something I never do. I got brioche buns. Oh. And I got an onion and cooked one of the burgers the way he does it with the onion into the raw meat and then flipped it. Yeah. Guys. Devin, I know you don't eat meat, but it's worth it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it that much better? Is it good? It's good. If you like grilled onions, like it's yeah, phenomenal. Like getting it into the meat like that. Oh, Christian's I almost just... dad does yeah. that when yeah. he cooks oh, yeah. on the grill. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I, like I have one left over. I almost put it behind me for the show today, just to, to leave it there and not address the whole time. Uh, no, like. <laughs> I and I even made a big Big Mac sauce for it because I was like, why not? And then tonight when I made when I was feeling lazy and made hot dogs and craft mac and cheese, I put some mac, some of the mac sauce on a hot dog. Ooh, uh, it was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the burgers, phenomenal. Like, <laughs> and the ones in the movie yeah. would look good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved the whole like play that she finally figured out what was going on yep and so she played into it to get herself out of that situation which which was great um but i i I love the ending is with the hamburger i really really do um it's just it it shows to like the trauma that she had just been through Mm-hmm. And just how good the cheeseburger is that she keeps on eating it after she watches pretty much everyone get, you know, goes kaboom. <laughs> um, but this was a point of contention between okay. Kristen and I. I thought the ending was hysterical. She wanted it to continue just a little bit further to see, like, how she talks to the authorities or you know like how she gets back to the mainland or not Mm. like the the ending fits the humor aspect of the movie not really the serious undertone of the movie Kristen wanted an ending to follow through on the serious overtone i Mm. liked the ending with the humor so that's where there was a split between us i mean they perfectly set it up for the sequel the men (laughs) too They need to now. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's. it's Where at the end, the fact it, that hamburger was so good, it turns her into a crazy chef. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the only thing that can stop her at the end is a double cheeseburger. Oh man! But wasn't Let's that start... a double cheeseburger? Yeah, it, it was. It was a smash burger. Yeah. Uh, so well, no, she needs like full quarter pounder. She needs like yeah. the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So then, that burger was at the height to where it's not usable as food. Okay, so food pet peeves. Okay, okay. I'm I'm gonna give you mine because that hamburger is part of my food pet peeve, and you guys give yours. So I'm gonna okay. give you some time to think about it. One of my biggest pet peeves with food is when it's a sandwich, whether it be a, a hamburger, a hoagie, whatever, and it is literally too tall to fit into the mouth to take a bite if you have to undo the sandwich to eat it it is not a sandwich and it shouldn't be served as one you can serve all the ingredients 
but not in the form of a sandwich. Here's the here's the thing. The recommendation I make for a sandwich like that when you have a hamburger like that, mm-hmm. the the toppings like the lettuce, the tomato, the onion, they should go under the patty and not on top. That way, it's easier to handle. It's a good idea. Life hack. Still, it still shouldn't be taller, but. Than... The average person's mouth can open. So when you have a burger like that where everything's on top and you have that big round bun at the top, uh, <laughs> you you don't want to you don't want to apply too much force on it because then your vegetables are going to go everywhere. So it's harder to eat that way. If you put them on the bottom, you have the weight of the burger there. Then you have that freedom to to oh, smash right. the bun a little bit, and it makes that's, it, it makes it easier. It makes it easier to eat. That's fine. That's yes. fine. If the sandwich is big enough to fit in your mouth to begin with. Oh yeah, don't like. Um, I'm talking about when you go to New York and mm-hmm. they give you that like rye thing that's like you know seven inches tall. Okay. No, that's fair. I can I can see that. And I've seen hamburgers made that way too. That's mm-hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves. These fancy restaurant wannabe fancy restaurant places do it all the time. It's not. It's not even um, fancy restaurants. Like I've had patty melts that are like that with oh, yeah. Thousand yeah. Island and. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know what you're getting when you order them, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of a big sandwich either. Um, yeah. Speaking of sandwiches, though, not a pet peeve, but you guys see, uh, KFC is evidently bringing back the double down. No, they're not. Yeah. Oh, they're that makes stop my American heart happy. Oh, <laughs> it makes, makes my American, American heart, heart like happy. ache, <laughs> hurt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, Devin, what's your food pet peeve? My food pet peeve is nachos that are taller than they're wide. I hate it so much because what happens is. The toppings are at the top of the tall mm-hmm. thing of nachos. The oh, toppings okay. only touch the top. And then once you've eaten that delicious top, you just have dry tortilla chips all the way down. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. I totally thought you were talking about the actual chip itself. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> what? No. no, the whole plate. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of a pet peeve when it comes to food, and I don't know if I have one. Do you like – here's some weird ones. Do you like egg and lasagna? Ye- I know people either love it or hate it. That's why I'm in like the ricotta. It makes sense to me. Like makes okay. Sense. Okay. I've done that. Um, okay, give, give me mustard some other ones. Mustard and macaroni and cheese. I just don't like mustard. Maybe that's my, oh, okay. my thing. Ketchup like I had to, I had to, on I eggs. Ketchup. It depends on the eggs. If they're scrambled, okay. yes. Um, okay. I'm also not a huge egg person right now. Like eggs have. Like, I've gotten away from eating scrambled eggs. If I get eggs, I, they need to be over easy. Like, dippy. Oh, wow. Um, Poached. I, I, I'll, I'll throw, like, if I'm making ramen, I'll throw, I'll poach an egg in there and, like, eat it that way. Like, that's. I, I um, won't eat an egg unless I can throw it like a Frisbee and know that nothing will drip out of it. I will not any dippy. Um, yeah, if anything that has horseradish in it, I just won't eat. Pittsburgh is just like a the no-go worst place for you. For you. <laughs> I mean, I've I've gone to Pramani Brothers and found food that I'll eat. Like, <laughs> is it, um, I I also hate that stuff. I really, really yeah. do. I had a coworker take me there when I was out in Pittsburgh for work. Mm-hmm. That is the only place I will ever eat it at. It's the only yeah. place I've ever found it that I liked. I use um, Permani Brothers as a horror story for here. For those of you that don't know, Permani Brothers is a place where they put not only a lot of meat on a sandwich, but also French fries and coleslaw on top of it, as well as like the typical like tomato and everything. They're these gigantic sandwiches. I use them as a horror story for my coworkers 
of <laughs> look what I used to eat in America, guys. So, bef- th- th- that always makes me think of Are You Hungry at in State College. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I love those sandwiches. I had... I had those for breakfast. Yeah. Okay. Hold I on. Had... Explain to the audience what it is that you had for breakfast, Ryan. I am not saying its name. I am not. It's a fat bee. That's all Expl- I'm saying. <laughs> Explain what the components are that you oh, had. Oh, okay. 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 That's fine. Let's see if I can remember. Um, uh, roast beef, nacho cheese, mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, fries. Um. And then anything else you wanted on it too, like yeah. lettuce, tomato, onions, but it was all on a hoagie roll. So you ate it all at once. I had that for breakfast two days in a row, and dinner the same two days in a row. All right, De- Devin, have we told our are you hungry story on this podcast? I don't think we've told are you hungry story on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to are you hungry, which it has they had this store front in state college and Devin came up to visit me when I was in school with some other people we went to high school with. And we all, we're all hanging out outside of, are you hungry? Cause we just all got our food and below them was a, as a, a laser tag place. So yep. our, our friend was, was it, was it Wes or was it you? That it went was Wes. Okay. Uh, I our, went in first. Yeah. Okay. Devin and our friend Wes go in and then they come back out and they're like, guys, that's not laser tag. <laughs> and there was like, what, an orgy going on or something? Yeah, it was some, It was something like that. So somebody had rented out the entire place. It was invite only. I just walked my way in and they let me in. And I saw a lot of things and was offered a lot of things for relatively low prices, which was nice, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah. And then like five minutes later, Devin comes out like, where were you? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um in oh, the God. chat pittsburgh is shocked when our salad is without french fries i will i yes. will if i see a pittsburgh steak a pittsburgh salad on a menu i will get that the french fries the steak like yes look man i'm supposed to be disgusted by that the fries and the salad thing i'm not it's it's just it's yeah. it, it's good it works um all right so real quick so we just talked about a whole movie about food we've, yeah. i feel like we've had this conversation before but other what other movies foods do you guys think of like that make you hungry? For me, it's Chef with John Favreau and yeah. John Leguizamo. Like I don't know if John Leguizamo is just a, a trend for food movies or what, but that's that's my other go to. Every part of me wants to say uh, the Hayden Christensen movie Little Italy. Uh, just because it's hilarious and it's about pizza. Okay. Because um, I love pizza. But no, I think my real answer to this one is, it's going to sound like such a lame one, but it's going to be Ratatouille. Because I'm like, ah, fine French dining. I can do that too. Like, anyone can cook. It's that one. Okay. Ryan? I'm trying to... So, okay. a, 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 like... Like a food movie. Mm-hmm. No, or just movie from food from movies. Like it doesn't sausage even say from movies. Just sausage party. Okay, it's gonna be sausage it must party. Have, it must have cut. I'm not saying sausage party. Stop it. Um, it's not from a movie. I'm 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 I'm. I'm it's, food from any type of media that I ever watched on TV. Mm-hmm. I want late '90s cartoon pizza. Yep. Nope. Fair. 
Going back to the Ninja Turtles, full circle. See what we did there? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like, Turtles, G.I. Joe, because I know there's an episode whenever they've eaten pizza. Um, you've got... Uh, you've, uh, you've got... I mean, this isn't really late 90s, but, like, the, 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 the Goofy and Max movie that we were talking about before. The Goofy the, movie, the, yeah. the, the Goofy movie, thank you. Um, they eat pizza and that. Like, animated pizza, for some reason, just looks amazing. Animated cheese, I think, is just like the go-to because it, like, Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Yeah, that and like <laughs> Kim Possible with the uh, the nachos. Like, oh yeah. All right, I'm getting that. hungry. All right, yeah. so we've done two weeks of Nicholas Holt's move. Nicholas Holt movies. <laughs> I got to keep the trend going. Next week we're watching a movie starring Nicholas Cage. Uh, next oh. week we'll be watching. The unbearable weight of massive talent, because I know it's the Oscars week, but this is this movie's become a meme, or a moment from it has. So I need yeah. you, I need you guys to watch this movie, because uh, I've it's been on my high on my list for a while now, um, and with the Mandalorian and Last of Us and Pedro Pascal, like it just it, it's the perfect time. So uh, next week, join us for the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, right here on you have to watch this podcast. Uh, in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. You can listen to you have to watch this podcast and all major podcasting platforms. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch older episodes of the show. Uh, we stream live on YouTube, Facebook live and Twitch every Tuesday around six o'clock Eastern time until next time, uh, where we'll be talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent and our reaction to the, the Oscars the two nights before, uh, tune in for our hot takes then. Uh, for you, have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. That's high praise. Alan, Alan, can we be consumed by our petty differences anymore? <laughs>